Welcome to Tall, Dark, and Fictional, a podcast about romance fiction by romance writers. We're your hosts, I'm Beatrix. And I'm Kat. And just a quick disclaimer, just like a romance novel, listen to this podcast by yourself. Because being alone doesn't mean loneliness. You just need a little privacy. Right? See, this is why you do that, looks. That's not fair to put this on me. <laughs> Okay. Okay, you're opening, so go for it. <laughs> so today's episode is part of our finale week bonanza. We want to do something a little special to close out this season, so we've asked onto the pod a dedicated listener and fellow romance writer, Gabby. Welcome to the podcast. Why don't you introduce Hello. yourself? Hi, I'm Gabby. Thanks for having me. Very excited. Yay. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, definitely. We're excited to have you. Your microphone sounds better than ours. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I just realized we should probably do something about that. Mine's the worst, by the way. Let's just get into like getting to know you a little bit more. And why don't you tell us what you write, what your current work in progress is? Well, can I ask first, like, how did you start reading romance? Like, when did that happen? I like I don't even remember when I started because I feel like it's been since I started reading, which well, that sounds weird. But like. I started out reading like whatever YA romance was out there. I just realized that anything that had romance in it, I wanted to read it. And if it didn't, I probably wasn't going to read it unless school made me. And my mom had a lot of like old school romances that I would just devour. The kind where people never kissed, but I thought that that was like, oh, so scandalous. And then of course, like... I think you guys have talked about here, historical romance was really like my gateway. Oh, here Mm -hmm. we go. Another gateway drug. Yep. We love to vape that historical regency. (laughs) Oh my God. I, yes, I was so obsessed. I thought that I had been born in the wrong time, Mm -hmm. (laughs) which clearly would never be true now. But I just, when I was 16 years old, of course, I loved the romance of it all. Yeah. And then I've been reading ever, really ever since. Have you stuck with historical or have you veered off into new wondrous subgenres. I don't really read a lot of historical romance anymore. I read a lot of what feels like every other subgenre within like a lot of contemporary, a lot of fantasy, like fantasy romance is probably my favorite. I like it, but I like mafia romance. I love like all kinds of all of the things. It depends on my mood for the week. And your mom was reading the non-sexy romances. I really yeah. gotta know why. I, <laughs> because... <laughs> My, I don't know if I could, my mom was like the definition of like a wasp. So like, that was the, you yeah. know, like, that was. <laughs> I love it. You know, it was just Rosamund no Pilcher. Sense. Do you guys know who that is? No. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if those are necessarily classified as romance. Like it's women's fiction kind of, I think. But oh God, I love those. But they were just very, very, very tame. Like you could not revisit that now, I'm no. sure. No. Yeah. Now it's, if, if there's no sex, I won't read it basically you get to a place (laughs) how did reading romance divert into writing romance so I always liked writing when I was a kid I did a lot of creative writing growing up and then I feel like once I started having to write like having to produce writing I just kind of lost my love for it so that happened mostly in college because I was a history major so Mm -hmm. I had to write papers like all the time and I just stopped like ever wanting to write for fun and then, I don't know, over the years, some of my friends have always just told me, they're like, you're a good writer, you should write. Um, you know, you like to tell stories and things like that. So I 
earlier this year. Like I've I've tried in the past. Like I tried. I had a failed blog for a little while. I oh so <laughs> yeah. did I. Did mm-hmm. everyone have a failed blog? <laughs> I think so. That's a great time. <laughs> well, and I never shared it because like I let like one person read. But you thought people would. Yeah, find I thought they it. would find it, mm-hmm. and it was all about my terrible <laughs> yeah. dating experiences in my twenties. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah I don't remember what it's called anymore. <laughs> so it's floating around on the. Someone will find that. <laughs> I had a live journal in college. There you go, cat. <laughs> what were you doing in your live journal? Curious. I mean, I was just talking about like myself, well, myself a lot, as one does in their twenties. And I actually, I don't know. I think I wrote a lot about like my experience with my roommates. So I ended up going through a whole. The reason I stopped using my live journal was because I went through a whole drama where one of my roommates read my live journal, and it was like the friends only version. But she was logged into my computer, so that was. You told me this, by the way. I remember. Oh, did I? Yes, I did. Yes. I think I did. This is new hot gossip to me. <laughs> this is great. I love this. So that put an end to that. Stopped and started like over the years, but I had never really tried to write romance until, mm-hmm. you know, earlier at the beginning of this year. I was like, you know what? Fuck, I'm just going to do it. What am I just waiting just for? Just do the thing. Gabby is our guest on her publishing journey right now. So you are currently drafting a new novel mm-hmm. right you have another one kind of like in the bleachers mm-hmm. waiting around for you to come yeah. back and you're deciding on what your publishing path is going to be I'm assuming have you thought about yeah that? I've thought about it I still have no idea part of me feels like I would probably want to go maybe the self-publishing route but I don't know yet what goes self-publishing <laughs> and <laughs> like I like I'm just weighing out the benefits and the con but then part of me is like what if it's not even good enough like what are you doing here so that's my brain it's not there yet our beloved friend imposter yeah. syndrome welcome mm, to the podcast yeah. <laughs> you have two right work in progress as currently I do. one of them is quite new that you've switched gears into can you tell us anything about either so the one so the other one is the other one that's kind of on the back burner is that one's a little bit of a mess right now. So that one is probably going to change like significantly when I revisit it. But the one I'm working on now is still pretty new, but it's uh, kind of an unrequited love trope, best friends to lovers mm-hmm. situation. I'm still like in the pretty early drafting stages of that one. But so far, I think I'm enjoying it a lot more than I think I enjoyed writing the first, the last. So like, fingers crossed, this is the one that I would want to see doing something with. I know in a podcast, people can't see me, but I'm like, Shipping it off. <laughs> She's passing a box over to another person yeah. who's going to put it in yeah. a truck. <laughs> That's yeah, exactly. I love it. That's what I in- yeah. saw when I saw you do that. And you haven't finished a novel before? Nope. Is this it? Like, this is, this These is are, the very beginning. I am the newest of the new. Brand new. I love it. Uh, <laughs> what does your writing process look like? Because I know you've told me it has changed. Everything I do, I think, is organized chaos. So the first one, I wrote, like, I didn't write anything down. I just was like, I don't know. Let's just sit down and start typing out this story and see where it goes. And that's part of where things have gone wrong with it, where I was like, huh, how do I... Why is this plot changing so much? But now I need to figure out how to fix it where I changed it like a hundred different times in the front end. Mm-hmm. Now I would say that I'm trying to go more the planter route of mm-hmm. I outlined every chapter that I wanted to write. Um, I mean, each of them are pretty brief, but that way at least I have a guide of what I want to do. So that's been helping a lot with this current one just to keep me on track and trying to do some character like worksheets and, and that kind of thing. So it's it's very loose 
I'm kind of curious about this um, redraft in terms of you've you've said you've completely changed like your approach to it, mm-hmm. right? You've gone from totally like full on pants or just drift riding mm-hmm. into kind of like a planter mode. Where are you kind of in in the draft? Are you beginning, middle? I'm still in the first. I think I'm on chapter like four. So Oh, so you're like right in the start. Yeah, yeah. I'm still like right in the start. I tend to overwrite, so every chapter <laughs> is like way too long. I already know that. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like it might be chapter four, but there's still like a lot of words already that I'm like, I'm gonna have to get rid of so many of these. Like just when I talk I say like a million times. It's in my writing also. <laughs> Mm-hmm. This so, is normal. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's still it's still pretty early stages for that one. Have you done any beta reading? Have you done any like kind of critique partners? Have you been involved with writing communities and kind of like that side of it in terms of? Um, I haven't done any beta reading um, or critiquing. Mm-hmm. I, you want to do? Sure. Some? Yeah. No. Like I totally am open. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> I got a book. I need. I need beta readers. On. No. Yeah. I'm totally into doing that kind of stuff. I just haven't. Um, I joined a writing group back when I first kind of got into the whole like bookstagram world, basically. Um, mm-hmm. That I found through Instagram, and so that's been really great. Just as a community beyond even the people that I've just met, kind of working on you know on Instagram, like you guys um, and mm-hmm. others. But and they offer things like critique circles and stuff. I just have been too scared to to do it yet oh you gotta I know. do it gotta jump i know in. it's just i was waiting for this i want to wait it. until this one's a little further along because i don't really the other one i feel like just needs to be rewritten so i'm like i'm not sharing mm. that with anybody yet um but maybe maybe next month's critique circle i might throw my hat into the ring a little bit so i'm curious has anybody read anything you've written yes one of my my best friend one of my best friends is she also writes as well so um Mm -hmm. and editing is like her big thing she loves to edit and that's like her her favorite so i've let her read some of it so that's been terrifying but awesome (laughs) how's the feedback um what did she say i think she said she liked it it was just and i only i only shared like a little bit with her uh that it you know needs some polish but that she liked it so it was hmm. it wasn't there wasn't a whole lot of we're gonna need some yeah. better feedback than yeah. that she was she was nice she's been she a was, friend she's been a yeah. good friend no, no 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 if somebody gave me that feedback i would be like return yeah. to sender <laughs> okay but Don't there's accept. a difference there's yeah. a difference between i'm you gonna and need I. a line by line <laughs> okay and i we're no bitter and we're jaded and we've been <laughs> cut to the core and this is what we do to other so people. many times so many times but i think you need people that also read a lot of romance like that romance is like their yes, thing sure. like she does read yes. some romance but not nearly the amount that i read uh, and I so see. i'm like i love you but maybe you're not the best person to read it yes um mm-hmm. but maybe she is she's gonna listen to this so you're the best person to read it. Hi. What's her What's her name? Let's shout her out. Kylie. Kylie, thank you for reading your friend's writing. <laughs> Being so nice I about know. it. That is nice. Let me tell you, like, none of my, like, friends want to read my shit. No? None of them. 
Except for I had one friend who started reading it in the beginning, and she was honestly like really, really encouraged me to keep going. She mm. was like an encouragement mm-hmm. friend, like like send me more pages. I'm ready for more pages, no matter what mm. bullshit I was writing. Um, she's just like positive like that. But the rest of my friends would be like, yeah, sure, I definitely want to read that. But it would be like they would never mention it again and you just know you start to learn after a while like don't send your Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. to people who aren't going to read it or aren't going to offer any feedback that's Mm -hmm. like useful really because there's nothing more demoralizing I'd rather have somebody tear up my whole manuscript than be like oh it was nice (laughs) yeah that's it like period (laughs) send you know that's the worst in my opinion there's a fine balance you gotta have somebody I feel like there's level of critique partners or beta readers, whatever you, you need one person that's sole job is validation. Mm. Yeah. They're just the ego booster. They're just like, wow, I love it. It's amazing. Right. You just, Where do I find one of those? <laughs> you need one of those. And then you, I don't have one. You need, you need one of us, which will shred it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Nicely. Nicely and constructively, but still shred it. Um, I give a lot of encouragement, too. I do both. Yeah. And then I feel like you always need somebody. You need people in different corners. You need somebody that's really good with the editing, Mm -hmm. somebody who's really good with the developmental side of the story, you know, so that way you get kind of balanced perspectives. And they always, like you said, Gabby, it's very helpful to have readers that read within the subgenre that you are writing especially within romance and especially if you're not writing mainstream romance (laughs) because there is tropes and there's conventions and there are things that if you're not familiar with they won't get it so that's my advice is Mm. you got to find a team of people do not rely on one yeah (laughs) find a team and i definitely have a lot of friends that i like some a lot of my girlfriends I've told about they're like oh they want to read you know someday and then they'll ask me how mm-hmm. it's going but like I feel like nothing's more terrifying than the hey how's the book going oh, I, wanna, I can't talk about it right <laughs> now like that happens a lot so I, I regret now telling no. most people oh, no <laughs> you did the right thing you did the right thing I think that's like the first step is being like I am a writer yeah. I write books we're all gonna take this seriously mm-hmm. now because mm-hmm. Because for a while, I always felt, like, silly saying it at first. And I always felt like people would look at me and be like, okay, I guess I guess you write your little books or <laughs> <Yeah>. whatever. <laughs> and then eventually I started feeling very serious mm. about it. And when my partner called me a writer to other people, I was like, oh, that's an interesting change. <laughs> like, that's, that is very official. Yeah, yeah, say it, own it. Definitely. But that's, doing true. It, so. that's part of it, isn't it? Like, you know, when you start out new, it's quite hard, mm-hmm. especially if you write romance. That's that's always got that's a double edged sword when you're like, it's bad enough being like, I'm a writer and then I'm a romance. Writer. Not just a romance writer. A smutty yes. ass romance writer. Oh, <laughs> I didn't even ask. Do you write smut? I mean, I have been. And mm-hmm. this is the first time I've ever tried to write like any kind of smut so Mm -hmm. like it's actually more fun than i thought it would be like i thought i would get too awkward you know and i still do i still i still get embarrassed by myself writing it i'm like oh my god (laughs) just but and i think what embarrasses me more is think and it's silly that it like i don't i shouldn't feel embarrassed but it's just i can't control it is thinking about like who's gonna read it later That's the third blow is if you write fucking smutty romance, my God, like it's just, but the freaks, the freaks come out of the woodwork because Mm -hmm. suddenly it's like my partner's mother knows. And she's like, well, I'll certainly read it. (laughs) It's like like, suddenly 
But I'm like, all right. Okay. If you I love that. Really want to see me describe the vein, the underside vein of a dick? Like, the world is now your oyster. Find your people. Definitely. How did you go about like getting into the writing community online? My Instagram account, my writing one is secondary. I have like another private personal one that I basically don't even use anymore. But I just mm-hmm. created it and you know, I started following authors that I like and that I wanted to maybe like learn more from or you know, see how they do things and especially as it relates to publishing cuz that I can figure out how to write a book like I can figure it out I think I think I can do it because I think I have the talent which feels weird to say I think I do say it <laughs> but um yes I can be a writer but I was like I have no idea how all of the other stuff works so that was kind of just mm, how I started yeah. and I don't know I just I think the romance uh, the online romance community is very inclusive and inviting Um, especially people that are like a lot of indie authors have been super nice. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not that everybody else isn't, but they like, they're like, Oh yeah, I remember I was in that exact same position last year, three years ago, 10 years ago. I'm happy to answer questions. So yeah, I just kind of went from there. You're resourceful. No, I'm an extrovert. So I, this is writing. is a very solitary thing. So I enjoy that aspect of it, but I need like the interaction with people. I think the things you're describing, just like getting out and asking people things Mm -hmm. and just kind of like exploring Mm -hmm. the world outside of, you know, your Google doc or your Scrivener document is the side of writing that is really, really hard and building a community around that. Although you need to get into a critique group. I cannot believe you're not. I truly can't believe it. You got to do it. If you do nothing else after this podcast, go do that. I, know, I will. I mean, I, it's right there. I just haven't taken advantage of it yet. Here's how I have always written is like, I'll write it. I'll just, whatever it is, a paper, this, you know, short stories are now what I'm trying to write. But then I just want to say like, take it. Just don't mm. make me look at it again. I can't. Like, it's like listening to your own voice being recorded. Uh, just, oh. I, well, you're going to hear that soon. Seems relevant. Seems it's relevant true. to this moment. Yeah. And I know that I'm going to have to reread and rewrite and edit and all those kinds of things. But it's, I don't know. It's just like one of those things that it's hard for me to read the things that I've written. Oh, just wait until you get a note from an editor that underlines something and says, snipped because anatomically incorrect <laughs> which is a note i got during a sex scene that i wrote <laughs> but at least they, they caught it. it right in advance i was like in this moment i have now felt all the embarrassment of the world mm-hmm. and i can move on Wait, especially when you first like start out and you're and you haven't really ever stepped foot in the big wide you know ocean of writing um, it's really intimidating, especially if you're writing romance. It's like hyper intimidating. There's all sorts of levels going on there because you're writing in itself is a very like vulnerable act, mm-hmm. you know, and you're exposing something that took you a lot of time and effort. It's very personal to you. Putting it out in the world. Add on to that that you're writing about relationships mm-hmm. and sex. And suddenly, like, it's just, it's like, oh, my fucking God, what am I doing? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a lot of pressure to kind of put that out into the world and have people literally turn around and judge it. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, I can appreciate, yeah, it's a really hard step to take. All I can say is, like, the further, the more you do it, the thicker your skin Mm -hmm. gets in terms of 
solidifying your own writer voice and your own writer identity with the added bonus of learning what feedback actually works for you and finding people that can critique your, your writing well, because you know, that's one of the main things is putting it out there. Doesn't guarantee that you're going to find the right writing partners because everybody clicks in different Mm -hmm. ways. And it takes time and it takes time and you got to do a lot of back and forth and you kind of got to learn each other's styles as well. You know, send it to me, Gabby. I'll read it. If you're serious, I will send it to you. (laughs) Send it to me right now. Send it to my email. Yeah. I'll take that. Hives. Hives. (laughs) I mean, you got to break the seal. I'm being so pressury. I need that though. People who don't really give a shit. Are just like, yeah, sure, whatever. You know what I mean? You really care about what you're writing. And you that right. nervousness means that you've put a lot into it. So it's a good sign. Yeah, I'll definitely share it. I never had that. Because you're a fucking weirdo. <laughs> you know why I think I didn't have it? Because I started sharing my writing early on. Mm. And I was not good. But I just had, like, the ego of someone who's good. Like, which yeah. is the worst combination of things. Oh, no, world, you right? want to hear ego? I was yeah. 14, finished my first oh manuscript. Oh, wow. 14. That's amazing. I printed and sent said manuscript, never read, never edited, oh, no. to a legit publisher. That's love amazing. That. I love that you even knew to do that. I would have not even known to do that. 14. Like, and we're talking gen- about like a 400 page <laughs> fantasy. Damn. Did you get a response? Yeah. Very politely, they said this. This isn't ready for publication. Oh. It was really cute. They're like, you know, you need to, you know, work on it, you know. But, um, yeah, that's ego right there. A little fourteen-year-old. That's what we call. That's what we call. That's impressive. <laughs> Not ego. That's chutzpah. I had ego. I was like, this is bad. No, I was like, this is great. <laughs> and it was bad. <laughs> and then people were like, this is bad. And I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then I would like, eventually, one person would say something to me that would like really pissed me off but get through mm-hmm. this is like years ago and and then it would change my writing you know <laughs> like it would fundamentally just change my writing and then that's why you need to have people give you feedback because they yeah. will do that yeah. one person will just say a line and it'll change everything about your writing and then i eventually just kept going i don't know we're talking to you like you don't know this stuff you know this of stuff. course you know this shit. you know you know this shit yeah but i'm not <laughs> quite in that like i i definitely need i'm one of those people that responds well to being pressure to do the things that they should do mm. do you know what i'm saying so like mm-hmm. no this is mm-hmm. all good this is helpful because i'm like Push you out yeah of i mean how do i expect i want people to read it <laughs> someday mm. so <laughs> should sure. i be scared of one person reading it no but i mean i am but no yeah 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 i mean i am also still <laughs> afraid of feedback too there's times where i like don't want to look at the notes yeah I like dread it. I just I don't think you ever sit. completely get over it. I think you no. I think you become more um like I said mm-hmm. thick skinned and you're you know what kind of feedback you're looking mm-hmm. for. But I don't think you ever get there's always that little niggly bit, especially when you send it off to somebody who you really value their opinion mm-hmm. in. <laughs> Fuck. Then you're like, if oh they're gonna hate it. <laughs> it's just kind of like that response, oh shit. They're going to fucking hate this, you know, um, and you don't want to let them down. So I think there's always, there's always the key that is, element. 
Don't value anyone else's opinion. <laughs> there you reason. go. But <laughs> be a 14 year old and send a fucking unfinished manuscript. I love that. That is impressive. That's everything I've ever wanted to be. Well, and do you ever guys ever feel like maybe this is just me that if somebody like, okay, Kat, I could send it to you. And what if you're just like, this is terrible shit. And then you're like, I don't like her as a human anymore. Like that is literally what my brain does and thinks. It's like, oh, they're going to think right. that she's, she sucks too. She also... Is this a, a Nazi romance? No! Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> Jesus. That's the only time. That's the only way. That's okay. The only time. Yeah. No, there's a few things you could write that I would be like, oh, I guess we have to double... Uh, we have to rethink our oh. evaluation of this person. But but certainly not. Yeah. I don't think that you, you would fall yeah. under any of those categories. No. Yeah, no, not offensive. I just yeah. not, like, terribly written. That's <laughs> Those are the fears. No. No. I know what you mean. Of course. Of course. Yeah. And I will tell people if I think writing is, how would I usually word it? I mean, I'll always say good things. Don't you, Beatrix? I always say like good stuff. Wait, are you giving critiques, Gabby? Are you, you're not. I mean, I have. Yes. I have with like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. With, um, so you're doing yeah. Like I've never done beta reading, but like I've critiqued other like people's work, just like friends and stuff that, that also Mm -hmm. write, but Mm -hmm. not, not like tons. And I'm always. I think very nice in my, I try to give it the way I would like to get it. That didn't sound right, but you know what I'm saying? It sounded exactly right. <laughs> it sounded exactly what I meant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think that, no, I think part of that is mainly like a, a good thing about that is you learn who's a good critiquer and who is mm-hmm. not because you can find weaknesses in writing as another writer and constructively give feedback on how someone can strengthen mm-hmm. that. Or you can be judgmental and just critique it as in, oh, this is this is shit. Your sentence structure is shit. Your characterization is shit. That's a bad critiquer. Yeah. That's somebody you go, okay, you clearly don't understand writing yourself mm. because you're not able to articulate positive and constructive feedback. Whereas somebody else who reads something, they might be like, okay, fair enough. You need to tweak characterization in X, Y, Z ways. Mm-hmm. You know, this would help if you thought about a character's motivations from this perspective whatever mm-hmm. and they give you the ideas and at least then you can be like okay yeah they know they know what they're talking about and they're willing to help you strengthen your work you know more writers than we do i think <laughs> by far yeah well that's because i just but like i said i'm an extrovert so like i am i'm like a puppy i'm like oh, i want to interact with people like make friends you know that's just yeah that's- like i've always been i'm a doer i'm very task oriented i'm very uh service oriented so basically it all just oh yeah it all makes me sound like like you could just walk all over me that's always been my sort of like business side that (laughs) that doesn't sound like that to me i don't know but i know what you're saying i know Mm. i know what you're saying so yeah yeah um let's talk about writer's block what do you think beatrix gabby do you suffer from writer's block like one of those rare unicorns that don't oh yeah do you get it me yeah Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 100%. Like, there was about a month ago, I couldn't write anything. I just kept staring at... This is when I was still trying to, like, do stuff. This... Well, not, maybe it was longer than a month ago. No, time has no meaning anymore. Um, mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so, none. maybe it was longer than that. But it was my last... Uh, the last draft that I was working on. And I couldn't... I just would sit in front of the computer for, like, a couple of hours every night and just be like, type the word, the. All right. Well, that's cool. Let's scroll Instagram instead. Like, I couldn't do anything. What was stopping you? I didn't like my story. 
So it just took mm. me a while to come to that because I was like, how could I have written this many words and hate this story? Like, what 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 was I doing this whole time? And mm-hmm. when did you stop liking it? It's a great question. I think that for that, like I said, that was the first time I'd ever tried to write a book, right? I think I was trying too hard to write what I thought other people would want to read rather than what I thought what I really wanted the story to be and I just totally lost sight Mm -hmm. of the story itself and it just became it just really felt like a jumbled sort of thing and I kept writing and I was like where's the end how do I end this am I (laughs) are these people just gonna carry on and then it was like trope (laughs) upon trope upon I was like oh no it's all of them in one book like so Mm. I just completely stopped and I'm just like maybe I'll go back to that and maybe I won't I don't know out of curiosity how far did you get into that one it was at about 60 like 60,000 words yeah. real close to what could be in a like 20 but I away, still maybe. felt like there was no end in sight if that makes sense it just wasn't there I really struggled writing the end of my first novel I had to rewrite it like six times so look not mm-hmm. having it done is is normal yeah. I think like you're on your yes. zero draft right you might have six more rewrites to go and that is how it is I know way to just fucking like <laughs> dumpster fire that like I think that. it feels better knowing that six more rewrites on a story <laughs> you hate if somebody said that to me at the time I would have been like I will literally die <laughs> yes. right here I cannot rewrite this six times but I fucking did you know Everybody does. Everyone does it. Like, everyone rewrites their shit. Listen, I am 70k in, and I'm rewriting from the beginning, so. Are you? Well, you yes. have other issues. I am a psychopath. <laughs> Wait, why? You've got other things. There's no rhyme or reason to what I do. <laughs> just are happens. you just starting the entire thing over again, or are you just using, like, what you have and just changing things? Yeah, it's a heavy redraft. So there's, cause I've completely, I've decided to, um, ditch a whole, uh, concept I spent two months creating. I chucked it out the window, <laughs> came up with a new one and now have to rejig that into the, uh, into the story. Yeah. So it's been, it's been fun. It's, it's a journey. <laughs> and you haven't written the end either. No, I, I have written the middle though. So. That's the hard part. Okay, wait, no lie. Too. I know I know the very end of the book. I do know the very end of the book. That's good. I've always known the end of the book. I wrote the end of my book recently. Yeah. It's one of those things, You man. should maybe, like, go back to that uh, manuscript you have and just write an ending. Just see. And yeah. then re- re- reverse engineer it back. Yeah. I, I started trying that, like, with the last one. I started trying to jump forward, and I was like, all right, well, let me just write this, whatever this kind of, like almost end conflict is and then like go backwards to see what happens and then I wrote it and I was like oh cool nothing before this makes much sense anymore that's wonderful totally normal stuff though I'll I will definitely go back to it I think I just got so frustrated and I was like I had that moment of what am I doing here why am I even bothering writing and I went down like a real real shame spiral of (laughs) and so I was like let's just I have this other idea. Let's just start doing that and see if you feel better about that other one eventually. So I think that's a good strategy. And I have had many a time been like, why am I even putting words to this page right now? Mm. Like, what is this even ever going to do? It's the most like, like, I'll think about it and I'll be like, this is a ridiculous way to spend your time. 
you know, just like writing this fucking novel. <sighs> and that's normal. It kind of sounds like um, writer burnout a little bit. What you're describing, Gabby. Like, because I've done that before. I've done it with this fucking manuscript from hell. Um, where you you fall out of love with your story. And it just sits there. And in a way that if you have a partner that you've been with with a long time. And the little fucking tiny things they do annoy the shit out of you. It's the same thing. I don't with know that. what you're talking about. It's the same thing with that manuscript. You're like, you... Stop chewing so loud. That's what you want to say to the goddamn <laughs> manuscript. Oh, that makes sense. So I can, I appreciate it. And I've done that before where I will, I cannot stand it anymore. So I just, my solution, I've talked about this in our writer's block episode, is just to leave mm-hmm. it. I let it die in a corner and say, never again. And I just pretend it's dead mm-hmm. to me. And I go and do other things. And then eventually I do come back to it because... I am masochistic and I like to do that, but it does sound like you've found a way forward and that's all you can hope for. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. I think your path is good. Healthier. And I believe in you. you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm good at cutting things off. I'm like, see you later. Uh, do you suffer from writer compulsion? Like, do you know what that is? Should we describe? Like feeling like you should always be writing. Yeah. Yeah. Incessant need to write. Um, I think a little bit. I think if I, um, I think the days where I don't write that much, like, cause it's just not really there. I get really stressed out if I'm like watching TV or, or reading. Oh, especially if I, like, if I choose to read instead, I'm like, oh, you should really be writing instead. <laughs> you know, what's been happening to me lately because I've been redrafting. Cause I went from like a zero draft to a first draft that was way too short. It's only 60,000 words. I've been redrafting things, so I've been writing like thousands and thousands of words, but my word count only goes up by like a hundred words every time, and that is a real heart wrenching feeling. <laughs> no, it is. It's cruel. You know what? That's that's the that's the moral of this podcast. Writing sucks. Ooh, writing is cruel. Um, let's yeah. talk about imposter syndrome. How would how when you get when you start to get that feeling, how do you handle it? I think I just go and do something that I really enjoy doing. If that makes sense, like I'll step away and because I actually have I have imposter syndrome, like within my own career, within like the business world, like I've always been that way where I just never feel that like I'm good enough or, you know, sooner or later, everybody's going to catch on that. Maybe I'm just half assing my way through life. That is sort of how I've always (laughs) felt. And so, I mean, that happens even with writing, too, where I'm like, oh, no, somebody's going to read this and they're going to be like. Oh, that's nothing special. So I don't know what I do. I just, you know, like I said, I have that writing group that I'm part of. So they are just super, super helpful with, with like, just talking about those things. Like what, like talking about imposter syndrome, how we all feel about our writing. um, And like all the pressure that we put on ourselves, I think. Mm. Um, Because part of it also is like, I love social media, but social media is also just like evil <laughs> sort of does not no love that. like you see yeah. other people like I see other people putting out like a book every couple months and I'm like how that's amazing mm-hmm. and impressive that's amazing <laughs> yeah. like yeah. good for you but also how like <laughs> so uh I have to try not to like don't let that bother me because I thought at this point I would be you know when I started doing this I was like oh yeah I care for just a couple months yeah that'll be done and then I'll figure it out. I'll figure out how to get it published. That is not the case. Um, so, you know, that was a little dose of, uh, you know, humility that I had to learn. 
Patience. So a little patience. It is like the writing, like the publishing industry is so slow, which is why self-publishing is actually like a lot better Mm -hmm. in the, in the, the timeline way, because it's like you have control over when you can put Mm -hmm. something out and you don't have to wait four months for like an agent to get Mm -hmm. back to you and then tell you to rewrite something, you know, like that the publishing industry truly is the slow, it's gotta be the slowest Mm. industry in the world. Like I cannot imagine anything else slower. People who are doing books like every few months, I feel like mostly they self-publish. I think so. Unless they have like contracts out. No, the majority of the ones that, that kind of pump out the books like Mm. that, they, they're indie. They're in control of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very impressive. I'm just impressed by like the creativity and the, it's a lot like it's a, I know, I think that people that don't write just think, oh, maybe you're just, you're sitting at a computer like, or at a, with a, with a notebook, but it like the brain power that it takes to do it is hard. Like it, it's Mm -hmm. exhausting. So the people that are able to push books out like that, it's amazing. They crack the codes, so to speak. That's what that is. It's a cracking of the code. Do you ever dream about your book? (laughs) Oh Yeah. I have all kinds of weird, weird ass dreams that I try to like mm. wake up and capture, but that does not ever work out. Uh, no. no, never. Because it's never, that's no. never yeah, the useful no. stuff. I'd be afraid if I started dreaming <laughs> about my book. I would be afraid for you too. Yeah. Mine would be fine. It would be like, oh, somebody going to work. Yeah. That'd be the dream. <laughs> Yours <laughs> would be fun. It'd be fun and yeah. sexy and mine would be a nightmare. <laughs> I want to read that. I love fantasy romance. You like dark romance too, right? Oh yeah. Thank God. I feel like everybody has like dark romance that we've had on and I'm the sole like, oh, I can't handle scary <laughs> bad stuff. But I've read like plenty of it. It's not scary. It's not. I did start reading the Morning Glory Milking Farm book. Did you know? <laughs> All right. Let's talk about your, uh, what, like, I know you said you're not sure about the self-publishing or traditional publishing. You were thinking self-published. Let's talk about how that's changed, where you started, what you thought you were going to do, and and what your thought process is on that. Um, I think when I first started, like, because I've been reading romance for so long, and I've already been reading a lot of indie authors, I don't think in the beginning I had a really good understanding of the differences between self and traditional publishing. Um mm-hmm. And I think what attracts me more to self-publishing is just that I have more control over, mm. over the story, over the timeline. Um, but I also know that means that there's more upfront, you know, just realistically speaking, like there's more upfront costs that you're putting into it. So it's trying to decide, you know, when I go the editing route, um, how do I find an editor? How do I, you know... Do I also need to do develop like have a developmental editor? Do I need to do different kinds of editors? Like all that kind of stuff. Like you're figuring it out on your own, which is harder. Mm. Um, and it but, adds up. Yeah, and it ends up you know a cover. I know cover mm-hmm. design is really you know I think important because it's part of how I pick if it's how I pick to read the blurb. It's like how I'm like mm. let me read the blurb on that one. You know so the messaging yeah. of your book for sure. Yeah. So I, I know all that process, but I, I think I want to be able to oversee that stuff. Plus, I'm impatient. So like you were saying, mm-hmm. like traditional publishing takes a while, um, you know, just from like even writing a query letter. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. So I don't I think I'm maybe too impatient to even go the other route. I don't know. 
It's there's pros and cons. You know, it always I've I've said it time and time again. It's what you prioritize as a writer. You know what I mean? Like I'm a fucking control freak. There's no way in hell I could ever go traditional because I am I am a nuisance to myself, let alone some poor publisher. No, it would not happen. But yeah, I mean, it's there's pros and cons. I 100 percent appreciate the benefit of traditional in the sense that you have people doing a lot of the work up front, you know what I mean? You get the editor for free. You get people doing the cover design. You get people, you know, putting it in bookstores. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of pros to that. Uh, but self-publishing, you know, if you can get through the work, there's also a lot of benefits to be reaped. Beatrix and I don't like is I think you're, you're a liker, right? You like stuff. You enjoy things. I love oh, shit. It's I love all kinds of shit. Great. What a great way to live. I feel like sometimes I'm like that, but often my brain won't let me continue to enjoy things. Mm -hmm. So I might enjoy something once and then never again. Like that happens to me a lot. So it's kind of a bummer. I think Beatrix never enjoys anything. Nope. (laughs) I get enjoyment out of not liking things. That's true. That's true. That's true. That's true. That counts. There's yeah, something. There's still, something. There. Still liking <laughs> in a, something in a roundabout way. It counts. It does. But there's something. There's something so innocent and pure about enjoying stuff. Mm-hmm. Like not that you are necessarily innocent or pure. That is why but... I don't enjoy anything because <laughs> oh, I am so far removed from. Well, innocence like when and you purity. were a kid, you enjoyed stuff. No, right? I was a miserable child. <laughs> you, but you, I know you did. You liked those Avon. YA Regency romances. You liked yes, all that shit. That's true. Right? I did, I and you can never live that again. Yeah, like I never enjoy things now the way I did when I was like twelve. Yeah. So that's true. I just love it to be able to enjoy stuff is so special. God, I'm sorry. I'm really <laughs> off my game today. This has been real bad for me. This editing this edit, my editing process that I'm gonna have to go through for this mm-hmm. is gonna be a fucking beast. <laughs> it's just gonna be me cutting out all the things I've said. That's okay. That also is satisfying to do, though. <laughs> okay. Like, Shut the fuck up. Well, okay. Here's a here's a here's a question. What is your favorite thing about writing? What is the thing you hate? My favorite thing about writing is that I just I get excited about telling a story that I feel like I would want to read. That makes sense. Like I get really excited when mm-hmm. I have a new book to read. That I'm like, oh, I'm gonna fucking destroy this book. Like I can't wait to read it. So excited. I want to write that kind of thing for just if one person felt that way. That I find like the best part. The part that I hate the most is just worrying too much about not being good enough. That because that takes away from the fun of living in the story. You know, possibly the editing part. Like I said, I like to write and then just say, take this. And I know that's not the way that it really can happen or work. I'm going to be a real monster when I have to edit. You never know. You might find enjoyment in the editing. Maybe. It is very, it's terrifying, I think. I love editing. I fucking hate drafting. I fucking hate it. Do you like ending a story? How about that? No. <laughs> I like the new and shiny and pretty things. The new shiny, the shiny and pretty. I understand that. <laughs> Do you have a little bit of time? Me? Right now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just okay. Do you want to, should we do the this or that? Wait. Okay. All right. So we can do, this is the short quick fire. Um, mm-hmm. We've done it now a couple times. Be, these are becoming staples. All right. So number one, writing personality in three words. 
Yes. Looks behind herself. (laughs) Anybody have an answer? (laughs) Anyone? Uh, Writing personality. Scattered. Intense. No, no. Angsty. Let's use that word instead. Scattered. Angsty. Uh, That's not a word. Romantic. Is this that's on the podcast, isn't it? All of that'll that. do. That no, whole that'll thing. Work. Yeah, that's good. That's good. We could cut stuff if you want. <laughs> no, let no, it. Perfect. I need people to hear how strange I am. It's cool. Okay, we'll hear the process. Yeah. Okay. This is easy. Alpha versus beta. Oh, alpha. Thank God. Okay, sweet alpha or alpha hole. I mean, alpha hole mostly. Oh, thank God. Okay. <laughs> I just y'all are fucked up. <laughs> I know. I am. Listen. <laughs> I had a lot of toxic relationships in my past. <laughs> this is, I'm just kidding. That's not why. I don't think that those characters are necessarily toxic. Oh, I have. But <laughs> I definitely have. But that's not that's why it. I like them. I don't know. It's just, it's fantasy, right? Like it's, yeah, it's a fantasy. Yeah. Give me the messed up alpha hole. Yeah. I want, I want him. Yeah. Give it. Okay. All right. Slow burn or fast burn? Slow burn. Favorite, now you can either do both or one or the other one. Uh, favorite character or plot trope? Plot trope. I can't, I mean, enemies to lovers is really probably my, the one that I love the most. Yeah. That's the money one. Yeah. It is. Can't really get better than that. Mm-mm. I'm just saying, can't really. <laughs> it goes along with the alpha hole. Yeah, it, yeah. it works seamlessly. Um, favorite author and or books? Oh, geez. Uh Oh, that's rough. Uh, Jennifer Armitrout is one of my favorite authors, always and forever. And then, thinking more like contemporary, although she's written some fantasy ones recently, Ella Fields um, Mm -hmm. is another one of my favorites. Uh, And Laura Thalassa. Okay, hold on. I can keep going. She's also a favorite. Yeah. So, I mean, those three are like, they're some of my favorite authors. Laura Thalassa, friend of the pod. Yes. Yep. Yep. That's what we'll call her. I loved that episode so much. I was like, oh my God. Um, And then this one, the most heated quick fire question we have had on the podcast. Pick your supernatural vampire, werewolf, alien, or dragon shifter. I like a werewolf. Ooh, yeah. one for a team werewolf. Finally. Not, a, not many people no? have been choosing werewolves. <laughs> I mean, all dragon shifters. Interesting. I mean, yeah. to each their own. I just, I like, I love shifter romance too. I just, I love it all. But for some reason, it the wolf ones, I just really like. And I like vampires secondary. Mm, okay. Yeah. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. A classic. Yeah. Break the other two then. I'll say dragon shifter probably and then alien last possibly. See, everyone's sleeping on the alien. But we, as soon as Ice Planet Barbarians came out, that shit went so big instantly. Well, not instantly. I guess it took her a few years. But, like, so big now. It's like, but nobody will actually choose Alien. But we all love them blue aliens. I haven't read those yet. I do love Ruby Dixon, though. So, and I've heard really good things. So that could change my opinion. As somebody who likes things, you will like it for sure, okay. I think. <laughs> That's the best recommendation. Kind of like universally people are liking yeah. it. So mm-hmm. I feel like it's got a lot of appeal. Yeah. It's rare that some, like it's rare that tons and tons of people will say, like, oh, I love this. And then maybe like, no. Well, this is the alternative to pick your uh, supernatural. This is... um. Pick your mythological half-human. Minotaur. Oh my god, that's right. Centaur. Mermaid or fawn? Oh god. Guess Minotaur? Oh, (laughs) okay. Wait, I can't remember the difference between a Minotaur and a centaur. Okay, centaur is is half-man, half-horse, right? Human, 
top half, horse bottom half. <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then what's the centaur again? That's the centaur. Oh, okay. The so min- that's the centaur. Yeah, the minotaur is... What is he? Bull face. Bull face? So he has a human, snout? Human yeah. body half. Human. Human. Think like Bojack Horseman, but he's a bull. So then I, ch- I right. should read that book then. I guess yeah. if I picked it. Oh, are you sticking with that answer? <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I can't now. Um, or mermaid. Do you want to make out with a bull face is my question. Question on the font. Clarification. In The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Is that that that's character? Oh, that's I can't. That's that's too weird. <laughs> yep yeah all right i have i think i came up with a very well thought out answer on this one which we will put (laughs) i have come up with the solution on this one but there are no winners here we are all losers in this game of life oh god it's really bad (laughs) how about how about mermaid let's just go that way now what's the reasoning i was obsessed with the little mermaid when i was a kid mm-hmm. so i feel like that would be the safest route i don't know why so do you have sex in the water or out of the water oh well sweet. you die if you're out of the water they don't die they have lungs if they're out of the water i mean ariel ariel could come out of the water but not for long that's why you'd be quickie that's oh, true God. yeah but i don't think disney knew much about mermaid sex right well this very real thing we're talking about that really does exist that there are definitely scientific rules to jeez louise okay (laughs) oh god i guess under the water yeah okay now here's the risk if you have sex under the water they could try to kill you because you know mermaids do be doing that do they is that part of the myth or whatever of mermaids yeah yeah like a siren they'll take you under yeah okay well that's i mean I guess that's a way to go. You're like, that's the risk that's I took. That's the risk man. I took. I, it's not a terrible way to go. <laughs> Fuck a mermaid, get drowned. Uh, yeah. That might happen. There you go. It's <laughs> a way to go out. I'm going to have a weird dream tonight. Enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it. <laughs> Maybe I'll give you some inspiration. Oh, my God. You never know. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is really good. This is going to help me with my with uh-huh. my writing later. Question for our listeners. Will a mermaid murder you if you fuck them in the water? Slash, will they die if you fuck them on land? Please, I would like some feedback on this. Scientific questions here. Okay. So. Close us up. (laughs) Get us out of here. Thank you so much, Gabby, for coming on the podcast. (laughs) I really enjoyed having you on. Um, And if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and you love romance, then come find us on Instagram at TallDarkFictional. That's TallDarkFictional with no and. Uh, where can we find you, Gabby? What's your social? Uh, on Instagram at GMarieWrites. And that's it. I don't have a Twitter. <laughs> we have one. Follow her journey. Yes. Make friends and be her critique partner. Yes. She needs one. I do need some romance critique partners. Yes. yes. Uh, and you can find me. I'm Kat at Catwin Author. That's C-A-T-W-Y-N-N. And that's it for me. I'm Kat. Okay, you can find me, Beatrix, on Instagram at Beatrix Strand. That's Beatrix with an X. And that's it for me, I'm Kat. And that's it from Beatrix. And as always, thanks for coming. This is where we drop the music in. And this is where we dance to no music. Normally, normally I don't fuck up like that. Alright, I'm gonna stop. I remember someone so bright then. I was really trying not to cry then. I was really hugging you goodbye then. You can have my MP3 when I'm dead.